0: Hi everyone, welcome back. This is not uh, the normal Lord Have Mercy show. Today we will be hearing from Rhea, who is another facilitator for the Our Bible Lab Pop-Ed series. And she's going to be teaching Lean Into the Woo Woo. And I wanted to share a bit about her story. So that's what we're gonna start with. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Lord Have Mercy, a podcast about God's sex, in the Bible. I'm your host, Crystal Cheatham, and today I get to sit down with Rhea. Rhea is an entrepreneur, a certified herbalist, a health coach, and a green witch. After being a devout evangelical for over a decade and escaping what she identifies as a cult, she decided to get to know spirit for herself and for empowerment through her herbal healing. Um, Rea is certified through the Bella Buono School of Herbal Medicine and will be graduating from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition next summer. She writes for herbal companies like The Practical Herbalist, The Sacred Science, The Goddess Goddess Detox, Learning Herbs, and Crystal Star. Rea is passionate about teaching people how to heal their bodies and spirits by listening to their intuition and leaning into their communities. She's big on home-cooked meals, cocktail hours, Black Coffee, and Doctor Who. Rhea lives with her family in Portland, Oregon, where she passionately advocates for her neighborhood, no matter how much her introversion makes her canvassing difficult. So excited to have her on the show today. And now, Rhea. All right. So I'm so glad that you're here uh, to sit and chat with me. Um, most people uh, on the internet know you as PDX Pestle. Yep. <laughs> But you go by Rhea. That's correct. Right. And so on the podcast we talk about God's sex in the Bible. And I think my listeners would really like to know a bit more about your like whenever you talk about your religious religious experience, you call it a cult. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering more about that experience and, and how you grew up.
1: Right, yeah. So um I come from a military, well, yeah, I come from a military background. My stepdad was in the military. Um, I'm Filipino, so there's that whole, uh, like, Asian parent aspect, and then Mm. as we, um, we ended up moving to Germany, so I was incredibly isolated to basically just the base, and then my parents, like, got saved or whatever, and um, it was like, we started attending a Pentecostal church. So it was a Church of God extension specifically for military members. So the reason why I call that part of my life a cult specifically is because of the dynamics that I was given. So, oh. like, there, it was really heavy into the whole the man is the priest of the household, just do what he says. And then all yeah. the leaders kind of acted alike. And it was like our pastor could do no wrong. And there were a lot of really seedy individuals that were given leadership opportunities that, um, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this without sounding like a jerk, <laughs> but they, they were people that had like no, right for one and they had like zero expertise and With training yeah yeah so it's just these people who had really hard lives who found the lord and then nobody put them through counseling or anything they just like put them in charge of groups of teenagers or groups of women and obviously those weird um not just like spiritual abuse but also just the mind games it was really intense, <laughs> but it was presented as, oh, all families are messed up. We're one big family. When families hurt each other, we talk about it. So oh. it was really, really gaslighty, and it was a very, very small community. So it's not just, I'm American living in Europe. I'm American living in Europe on a base and then I go to a teeny tiny church, where everyone is—I'm um, trying to think of the right way to phrase this. It's like everyone's kissing each other's butt. So it's a circle of butt kissing. <laughs>
0: so
1: yeah, that was
0: so. Weird. <laughs> so like the real your like first religious experience was just. Um, it was problematic because it felt hypocritical. It felt, um, it, yeah, it felt kind of anti everything that Mm -hmm. you wanted to be or that you thought should happen.
1: Yeah. And it was also just this idea of like, it was very, very like service based. Like Mm -hmm. I was literally at church every single day, like, worship practice youth nights prayer i was doing the nursery for men's and women's ministry then on friday we have some sort of youth outing and then on saturday we do outreach and then on sunday we have to be there first so we could set up the chairs it was all consuming
0: and that i think that's so overwhelming
1: yeah and to an extent like obviously we were encouraged to bring our bibles turn to this book chapter, this verse, this, but it wasn't. And I think a lot of like evangelical people that are doing some deconstructing can see that it's not like they encourage your questions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I remember the first time I ever like had like issues with the apostle Paul Oh. I mentioned it to someone, and they were like, "Well, the word of God is the the, the word is God breathed, so it's wrong for you to um, have second guesses about what the Lord allowed to be put into the book." And I was like, "This is
0: weird." Because <laughs> there's like nowhere else in society where somebody puts forth an idea that you're not allowed to challenge it. You know, like anywhere else in the world, anywhere else, like a, in science, in academia at work somebody puts forth an idea you're allowed to challenge it and it's ridiculous that you weren't allowed to ask any questions um, in that tiny Christian sect in Germany.
1: It was, it was really strange because I um, was like incredibly devout, like the devoutest devout, like mm-hmm waking up early to read my Bible and worship before my parents got up, that kind of thing. Mm. But once I started listening to different people's commentaries, I started to get my questions answered. And it I always tell people that studying the Bible is what led me away from the Lord.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> so like, I, go ahead. Yeah, was there like a, like moment where it was just like okay forget this like it's this is not going to be a part of my development my future the woman or person i want to be in the world
1: yeah that happened but it was further down the road so after being like in that very small sect of christianity in germany one of the members of the church invited me to this conference in south carolina and at this point, I just really wanted to get away from my family and get away from Germany. So I was like, heck, yeah, I'll go to a worship conference in this weirdo church in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the cult that I'm talking about. Because it
0: is a cult. It's Morningstar. Have, oh, Morningstar. Tell me more yeah. about Morningstar. I don't think I know enough.
1: Yeah. So um, as far as we were told, it, it's like the Holy Trinity of shitty churches. Oh, my God. Am I Ooh. allowed to cut? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, but like Bethel, IHOP, and Morningstar were all prophesied to like into being by Bob Jones, who was a nut job. Um, <laughs> but it's like so: Bethel is the worship place, IHOP is the prayer place, and then Morning Star is the prophecy place. So that's where you go learn quote unquote, prophecy. Okay. And obviously they made me feel special because that's what cults do. And they made me feel like I had a gift and I Mm. stuck around and it was gross. (laughs) And I realized very quickly that this was not my thing. And I can pin it to the moment that you were talking about that this is not for me moment, was they tried to get us all to speak in tongues together for 20 minutes saying that it would activate our spirits as a class okay. and I was like this is not because I had studied right I I, at that point I was like super into the book of acts and I was like yep this isn't how it was supposed to go I'm pretty sure everyone here is blaspheming the spirit cool (laughs) so I like stood in the back of the class and crossed my arms and then one of the TAs came up to me and was like why aren't you participating and I was like I'm pretty sure this is fake that's why
0: Oof.
1: and then they gave me a look I gave them a look and I walked out (laughs) but that walking out moment kind of I I spent a lot of time at this like disgusting man-made lake that they had on the property because there were like two swans and ducks and it was cool but um I mostly hung out there because there was like a brush that I could hide behind so that no one would see me (laughs) and that's where I usually went instead of class because everything just got significantly weirder like they had like a bouncy ball and we were supposed to prophesy to each other by bouncing across the room and whoever catches it, you have to give them a prophecy on the spot.
0: What? Just odd duck stuff. Got to tell you. That is, um, that's so weird. That's like, like when you do popcorn prayer, except you're telling somebody a prophecy. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. That takes my breath away. That's that ain't right.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's odd. And then like, Yeah. But spending that time outside with the ducks and the swans (laughs) was really what led me to the beginnings of what, like, I really truly think that the beginnings of my current spiritual practice started at the lake because I spent so much time just talking spirits ears off. I'm like, this is stupid. (laughs) Like, I feel so ostracized here. And I was like the only brown girl that's even worse
0: yeah was there a moment when you like fell in love with the divine or spirit like because I mean I I don't know this of you for sure but I would consider you a spiritual person um and to be able to hold to that even now outside of you know fundamentalism means that there was a point where you fell in love with it
1: yeah I think I think, like, in Germany, it was more of an academic, like, I want to know everything there is to know about God, but when I was, there was one time sitting out at the lake on Morningstar's property, Um, it was during, like, a freak freeze storm or whatever, where it didn't snow, but, like, everything froze over, and the lake had frozen over, and um, the male swan was breaking the ice with its beak. So that he and his partner could glide through and try to find remainders of food. And I was just watching them and it was just so breathtakingly beautiful. And I don't know what it was about this idea that spirit was breaking something for me so that I could get through this. I was like, it's going to be okay. Like given I was there for another year and it was weird, but like,
0: But that was the part where you started to be able to put like words and feelings to what was happening in your heart and your spirit
1: i think that was definitely it there there there's something really significant
0: about that i mean i i think that's beautiful i think that's that's wonderful because i mean i find myself understanding god and my place in this universe when I'm with the natural world yeah definitely nature is beautiful um and it sounds like that's also a lot of a part of your practice
1: yeah that I want to say that
0: that was like
1: that was my aha moment and then when I got married and moved away we um lived in this janky apartment complex on a lake <laughs> and there were ducks and it happened again because <laughs> it froze over and it just felt like that was a symbol that was following me around for a you while saw
0: more swans oh no it was
1: ducks this time but
0: <laughs> yeah but still that's beautiful wow definitely and wait i have a joke did anyone prophesy that would happen to you <laughs> no <laughs> bummer.
1: <laughs> I have got to tell you that I have had some rando prophecies. Like someone said they saw me in a boardroom. Someone told, said that I was going to write a manual for how to live as a Christian in this evil world, all these sorts of things. And oh, none of them ever struck with me, like ever. Like I had someone tell me that I was going to be the, um, what is that girl's name? Crap. She sings How He Loves at Bethel
0: oh i don't know her name but I, yeah
1: yeah they told me i was gonna be the brown kim walker like oh
0: my goodness
1: weirdo stuff but
0: racist stuff
1: i know but like nobody told me anything that's that felt significant or has manifested itself so mm-hmm. i chalk that up to poor teaching <laughs> right
0: Or just hollow teaching, like, you know, you're just teaching your own personal ideas that don't really stand up to scrutiny. Hmm.
1: But I mean, the point that I really was just like, I'm kind of done with traditional evangelicalism like as I know it, was when we moved to Portland, I started vetting churches like really seriously because I was like, I'm not going to go to a non-affirming church. I'm not going to go to a church that doesn't, um, that doesn't allow women to speak, you know, these types of things. Yeah. And we found a church here in town that said all the right things on their website. Oh no. But it was also just weird. <laughs> um, because it was like a more, a more like hipster version of the cult that I left of Morningstar. So people were still standing up there and prophesying and people were still like coming to the front and like, it it just really bothered me. There were two times that I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm done with this. And at the time my husband was not, he was deconstructing, but he wasn't done yet. So I was mostly going to support him. Um, Yeah. That was a weird time. <laughs> anyway. Um, but someone said something about like, if you haven't professed the Lord as your, as Jesus as your savior, not to take communion. And I was like, well, that's bullshit. Cause Jesus didn't even do that, but okay. <laughs> like yeah. I was so mad about that one. And then we eventually got kicked out of that church for being sex positive and queer affirming. And that's when I was just, this is crap. And then I was nothing for a long time. I didn't really say anything to spirit. I was just so angry.
0: Yeah.
1: And I went through this process of like, everything's garbage and (laughs) I could have been something cool if I wasn't wasted on the church. Oh man.
0: Yeah, I I have felt that too. I have felt that too.
1: Yeah, it was a really strange time. But I was a part of this like Facebook group and then someone reached out to me saying, hey, it sounds like you might actually be a witch (laughs) or you might be more interested in spiritual stuff instead of religion. And so I started talking with them and that's when I kind of, um started learning about like earth-based spiritual practices so yeah. like talking to your trees and making your tea with intention because you're taking in all of the elements as you drink tea but yeah like and through them that's how i heard about hildegard von Bingen. and
0: okay so i have a couple questions yeah. um First of all, I want to say that as it like it takes so much knowledge of the bible and theology to be able to understand when people are getting it wrong and how fucked up it actually is in like a church space. So I just want to commend you for like not letting them assault your intelligence <laughs> when it came <laughs> to that in all of your church spaces, you know, um, and calling them out on it and removing yourself and your, your family from it and being like such an amazing wife that you were willing to show up for your husband. I mean, I, that in itself is more Christian than any of the stories that you've told me about these people. Um, I'll make me
1: cry on the podcast.
0: <laughs> I, no, don't cry. Um, but I all but like, so I I totally understand like your matriculation into this like natural world of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And you use this word spirit and I just I don't know what it is. Can you explain to me and the listeners like what do you mean by capital S spirit? Okay.
1: We're gonna get into my favorite stuff. Okay. Let's so, do it. <laughs> yeah. So um I think if anybody is like acquainted with my stuff they know that I'm a certified herbalist Mm -hmm. so I obviously have like this deep love for the earth and specifically for um (laughs) natural sciences I just think it's all very fascinating Mm -hmm. um but while I was kind of going through my curriculum and then talking to those people I mentioned who invited me to their group I learned about Hildegard von Bingen and um this is all coming around to what spirit is to me, I promise. (laughs) But the way that she articulates that feeling that you and I were talking about of like feeling connected to the divine by being in nature, Mm -hmm. she calls that experience the veriditas. So it's um, the word truth and the word green squished together. Um, And that's what I feel spirit is. That's what I That's my experience of the divine. And the way that she breaks it down is like, if you believe in the creation story, like God spoke the earth into motion, right? All the trees, all the everything. And the way she articulates it is just so beautiful. And I wish I knew the exact quote, but essentially she says like, the word of God keeps creating. Mm. So, Therefore, truth keeps being like, it's it's just available to you. So like, and all good things grow. So when you're sitting outside and you hear the birds tweeting and you're looking at the leaves falling from the trees, like this is an experience of God being in your presence without it being like an altar call or mm-hmm. a prayer closet moment, just because he spoke that into being yeah. and it's continuing to grow. Oh. So that, that's what I mean when I say it. like, I don't pray a lot, you know, I'm not, not like formulating like God, this is my issue, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's more like, good morning, lemon tree, and good morning, house. (laughs) And I've taught my daughter every time she picks flowers to say thank you to the earth, you know, because it's a way of being in the presence of the divine. But it's not, it's completely unencumbered by people's rules, because
0: grass just grows. And you're just, you're communing with the world around you and being one with it instead of this transactional uh,
1: mm-hmm. religiosity
0: where it's, dear God, there's nothing in my bank account, please give me money, you know? And I mean, that's, that's probably the most um, um, shallow prayer, but mm-hmm. I think you're right. A lot of the prayer life that those of us have is, is, is less about communing with the earth than it is about you know the transaction.
1: yeah there's a there's this thing that my pastor in germany would say about the world (laughs) (laughs) Um, secular the world the world world worships the created and not the creator and Mm -hmm. i remember being like 14 and thinking that's that doesn't make any
0: sense (laughs) why not
1: right? Like if God makes all things good and I just follow that train, but like the more that I'm in this space, like this like frame of thinking, like this is how I communicate with the divine. It just opens my brain to learn more than I have sitting in a pew, you know, like I want to know how that dandelion is over there when I've never seen dandelions over there. So going and looking at um, migration patterns and how wow. seeds work and how roots work and how weeds work, it just opens oh. me up to understanding
0: more. Spirits' creation, the creation of God's creation. Man, I'm just trying to use your language. Like, how would I? How would you say that? <laughs> Um, I guess for me,
1: it would just be, it's, it's less about who started it, but what is. Mm. So it helps me understand the dandelion, you know, it helps me understand biochemistry, you know, things like that.
0: But. So curiosity is a large part of your practice. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And honor and respect. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. The, the other cool thing about like no longer identifying as like an evangelical is getting to look at other spiritual practices like out of curiosity you know being respectful of course but like what what do buddhists say about dandelions what do you know all of these different um experiences with the same thing
0: yeah
1: and that's largely a part of like my nerdy side of my (laughs) spiritual practice is how does this translate in
0: other places in the world. I'm definitely going to be popping into this class. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like touching me in a part of my heart that I didn't even know like, really needed any attention, you know, Aww. just communing with the natural world, which is a large part of like my upbringing um, with Seventh-day Adventism, but we don't really talk about that anymore. Anyway, enough about me. I have another question. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you mean when you say which? because you know that like evangelicals take that word and they like just pump it full of evil and death dealing and all this stuff. And it sounds like something that's like in in popular culture today has kind of owned that word all of its own, but it sounds like you have a very specific understanding of what it means to be a witch.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to try to be as concise as possible, but oh, it's so good. Okay. Okay. So uh, I don't think that the word witch is gendered, but it does go back to like like women healers Uh of the world because pretty much any woman who could read, (laughs) any woman that knew the earth around her and any woman that belonged to herself was Uh labeled as a witch. And like, what do I mean by belonging to herself? Like if she had equal say in her marriage, she was a witch. She put a spell on him clearly because this <laughs> is not a natural order of stuff. Or if, um, a widow like let herself go and her hair got long and tangly or, um, a woman hit menopause and couldn't have babies anymore. She's quote unquote served no purpose for men. So that's again, something that made her a witch because she belonged to herself. Um, Specifically, I call myself a witch because um, there's this very practical thing of me loving plants, me being a loud mouth (laughs) and me being a business owner. So like when people think about like the stereotypical witch, you know, it's the pointy hat and the, the, Black Cat, and The Broomstick,
0: right? Mm
1: -hmm. These are all labels of a barkeep in um, early England. So like when husbands would go to war, you know, women had to keep the manners or whatever, keep their household running, essentially. So a lot of women started brewing beer or spirits. and The government would not allow them to have a business license. So they weren't allowed to have a business sign. So it became a mark of a, like a watering hole, so to speak, to have a broomstick above the door.
0: Interesting.
1: And as you're brewing things in these large barrels, obviously, that would invite rats and stuff. So they often kept a cat to kill the rats. And then because like, it's it's hard to see a woman in a crowded room of stanky men, <laughs> so they would wear a pointed hat, so that, like, usually with, like, a little tassel on top, too, so that um, if someone wanted to order something, they could flag them down.
0: This is insane. <laughs> right? <laughs> Wild. And
1: so, yeah. And so that's why I call myself a witch, because... I love my partner, we're equal partners, like, I love the life we've built together, but I'm my own. Mm. And he fucking knows that. <laughs> right? And, and I'm proud of my business. I've built it from nothing. Uh, and, what's the name
0: of your business?
1: Uh, the Persistent Pestle. That's, why we, that's where we get PDX Pestle.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, I sell healing remedies. Like, it's, um, it's traditional herbalism, but it's all science-based yeah so like in in a very practical sense i'm like an old school witch
0: (laughs) right so you're teaching a workshop on our bible app right now part of the pop ed series and i was so excited to reach out to you and invite you um and i am curious what it is you want to folks to learn when you're working with them on this uh five weeks four week five week series right five weeks five weeks yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah five week series um yeah so my big thing is that i want to like empower people to step out of the narratives they've been given and really listen to how they experience the divine yeah. um i want i want to feed into that curiosity of like what if, what if you could hear God for yourself and you don't have to hear it from other people? Or what if this isn't serving any, serving you anymore? What, where would you go? What would you do? And I think a lot of people get um, scared by the word witch because of the um, connotations, obviously. And I just wanna talk, uh, talk about like just how we did, like this is what this means, like a witch belongs to herself. How can you take ownership of your own relationship with the divine? But practically speaking, I really, really, really wanted to talk about leading yourself in meditation because I know there are like 70 apps out there, but using your imagination to see what you need and want is a huge part of my practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and I mean, I'll also be talking about like how to use herbs in your spiritual practice. And I'll probably talk about crystals and I'll talk a little bit about tarot probably because I love tarot. (laughs) But like my big thing that I want to do for the people that sign up is make them feel safe enough to ask questions.
0: Mm, Yes. Ah, uh, we learn from our, from our abusers, don't we? Mm hmm. Um, but it is amazing when you get to turn it around and use it for good, and that sounds like that's what you're trying to do. Um, I'm really curious about what you're going to do because your workshop runs over Samhain. Hmm. <laughs> and what is Samhain for those who who don't really know what it is? Yeah. So, um.
1: Everyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's pronounced "salun."
0: Oh, really? Is,
1: yeah. Okay. But yeah, so ah, I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, <laughs> so, salun is basically which is New Year. It's the time when the veil between worlds is thinnest. Which is interesting because if you are still a Christian, you believe that the veil was torn, right? So spirit can come to us. So this is a, I'm definitely going to be talking about this because there are so many layers. (laughs) But it's the time that witches tend to ask spirit guides or the divine questions about their next year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a time when people try to, Connect with their ancestors. It's a huge time for like banishing like shitty stuff that happened last year so that you don't take that baggage into the next year.
0: Mm. Um, Oh, what a good ritual! What a good ritual practice.
1: Mm -hmm. So, I think what I'm going to do with the class is a very classic. Burnt like bay leaf burning ritual, um, and we could even just use paper. but this is hilarious, and I have to tell you this backstory. The first time that I ever did this ritual was at a Christian camp. my mother in-law um, actually did this. It was hilarious looking back at it now at it now. but basically she had us write on one piece of paper um, something that we don't like about ourselves, that we wish was different. And then on another piece of paper, it's something that we want to be more like something like some characteristics that we want to grow. Mm -hmm. And then we gave them to the leaders and then she did this whole thing about like being burned with the fire. I'm sure it has to do with um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But she burned all of the things we hated about ourselves. And she goes, it's gone now.
0: Right.
1: And then I would just, that's the ritual like literally that's that's a fire ritual that which is from like all of the spectrums of everything do regularly mm-hmm. like you you write down what you don't like you write down what you want to manifest you burn them both and now it's out into the universe
0: for the spirit to work with i really like that you have to close the door and and then open it right this is what i would like to replace this badness in my life that's beautiful yeah. Um, that's my salad idea. That's, <laughs> I mean, I love it. Throw in a little sage and I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when, when does your series, uh, actually start? And I guess, how can people sign up for it?
1: Yeah. So it starts on the 22nd. So that is in a week and a half. The Thursday, um, and you can sign up if you like have the Our Bible app already. You can uh, click on my Pop Ed um, picture there, or if you follow me on um, like Instagram or Twitter, I have it in my bio.
0: Yes, 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 yes. So it starts basically in in two weeks and two days, <laughs> um, and everybody can go to ourbibleapp.com and click on Pop Ed, and you'll see. Raya's beautiful face shining out Mm -hmm. click and sign up and there's even a promotion right now where you can um, pay for yourself because it's on sale and even pay for somebody else if um, you want to give away a scholarship and see more people like you in that space um, who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford it and just a great way to pay it forward. Um, Oh the
1: other thing The other thing is, I am doing PDX Pestle swag bags. They're surprises with like crystals or herbs, what have you. Um, So, if you purchase a ticket for yourself or for anyone else, be sure to send me a screenshot via like DM or whatever, and I can get that swag
0: bag to you. That's awesome. I want a swag bag. Yeah, so thanks so much for coming on, Lord Have Mercy. And I can't wait for people to hear more about what you're doing, your wonderful, beautiful story, and um, this magical art that you've created for yourself. You know, I can't wait to see where you go with this. Please, folks, sign up. Do the thing. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you like what you heard, you can go to ourbibleapp.com slash pop ed. That's pop ed. And you can actually sign up for Rea's workshop, uh, Lean Into the Woo Woo. Um, and in fact, until Monday, it is still on sale. So if you wanted to sign up, um, it's sixty-five dollars instead of a hundred dollars, or you can actually pay for someone else to sign up um, because not everybody uh, can can do that, but they still deserve to participate. So that's what we're doing. Um, thanks so much, y'all, and bye.